everybody. This is Steve from Rebel Rock Radio, and with me today is Pete from Around the Galaxy. How's it going, Pete? Steve, it is going really good. I'm so glad we're finally speaking to each other, like with seeing each other. We've spoken yeah. on Twitter a number <laughs> of times. I know uh, you've been you've come to some of our shows as well. So, but this is awesome. I'm so glad to be talking to you. Yeah, glad that we are uh, taking this this special occasion to get together mm. and talk. And uh, that special occasion is today is the fifteenth anniversary of the premiere of the Clone Wars TV show. Wow, yeah. uh, it's just crazy that it's been fifteen years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and and you wow. also have nine years for Rebels. It's just like. Time yeah. real. I, I think the pandemic has like created this weird time warp that we live in. So everything has just happened so much faster. But fifteen years is crazy to me. I know. That's I know. And it's um. And it's like, um. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like fifteen years at all. And and um. When you think about it, like, so the 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 show came out. Um, you know, 15 years ago, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it first aired on the Cartoon Network. Yep. Um, and I did not watch it when it first came out at all. Yeah, I um, funny thing, I actually did not start watching until probably toward the end of season five. Okay. Uh, and season five, uh, ironically enough, was the last season that aired on the Cartoon Network uh, because when season six hit, mm-hmm. it was picked up by Netflix. Right, right. And it was the season six was sort of like a, a, the lost season, right? Yeah. And yep, yeah. yep, yep. Yeah. And then, of course, we had the seventh season uh, many years later uh, yeah. on Disney Plus. And uh, that was a that was a pretty amazing season and well worth the wait. I mean, it was, it was some honestly like, so it's funny because one of the reasons I didn't watch it because admittedly in 2008, I was kind of like, Oh, it's animated. That's not for me. And, and I realize now in hindsight that that was just, that was not the right choice. <laughs> Cause honestly, I believe clone wars and rebels are maybe some of the best star Wars storytelling in many cases, better I- than, than some of the stuff we've gotten in live action TV and some of the, even some of the movies in a way. So, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I mean, personally, I think that both the clone wars and rebels, uh, have better writing, um, than most of the sequel trilogy. You're uh, not going to get an argument with me on that. It's funny. I like, I like, I like a lot of what the sequel trilogy is doing. I think I'm, and I've said this before, and I'm always very cautious because I know that some people absolutely love everything about it. And that's that's great. I, I actually I, I'm, a, I'm in the I love The Last Jedi camp. Um, I really like The Force Awakens. And uh, I know that's not what the topic of this is, but the the Rise of Skywalker to me was just fraught with so many issues that it's it's been tough for me to love it. But the way I put it is, uh, you know, Jason Fry was on my show and he said uh, that uh um, Attack of the Clones was his uh, 11th favorite Star Wars. Well, at the time it was 10th favorite because Rise of Skywalker wasn't out. Um, <laughs> I say Rise of Skywalker is my 11th favorite Star Wars movie. And there's nothing wow. wrong with that. Yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with that. That that's actually my favorite of the sequel trilogy. See, that's funny. But... Yeah, and but see, that's what's so awesome about Star Wars, and that's what's awesome about the Clone Wars and Rebels and the live action is there's literally something for everybody and two people. Yeah 
who are lifelong fans like you and I are, we could watch the same thing and you're going to be like, that was great. I'm going to be like, well, I had some issues with that. And that's totally sure. cool. As long as you're cool to people that like, yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what makes fandom great. And I think that's the funny thing about clone wars was to me, I, I didn't, I did not go see the clone wars film in the theaters because I was like, snips and sky guy this is not for me this is this, and <laughs> i mean honestly i still don't think it's a great movie but it set the table for this amazing series which again 15 years old is just wild to me yeah um but but you're right you know there's a lot of a lot of uh kind of oh what's the word i'm looking for just bad civil discourse on social media about like <laughs> It's like, you know what? We're all Star Wars fans, so why can't we all just have that in common and, you know, yeah. have our differences, you know? 100%. Yep. But Clone Wars, um, I can't really think of anybody really off the top of my head that just flat out doesn't like Clone Wars. <laughs> it's true. Um, so that's a good uniting uh star wars uh medium so uh kelly aka lunar girl and andrew haley have joined us in the chat so thanks for coming in and uh chatting some star wars with us today hey guys good to see you all right but um so you know the one of the things about uh clone wars is we got some really good uh, iconic characters that were outside the main um, canon at the mm -hmm. time mm -hmm. um, through this through the show. You know, we had uh, obviously uh, Ahsoka mm -hmm. was the one that we that we got uh, that we didn't have before. That's probably one of the more iconic ones. Mm -hmm. um, we got Asajj Ventress, right? Yeah. Um, we we got a lot of the uh, Mandalorian characters that had never shown up before. Yep. Um, gosh, who else, man? We had uh, Cad Bane. Yeah. Uh, and and then uh, one of my personal favorites that came out of the Clone Wars that we did uh, wind up getting also in Rebels uh, was Hondo Anaka. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm waiting on live action Hondo Anaka. I'm waiting for that. It's got to happen soon. I mean, they got him. They have him nailed at the uh, at the Disney parks. So we're yeah. just we're just waiting for it. Uh, yeah, I can't wait for that. That's gonna I think it's going to happen in Skeleton Crew. That's my call. I, I'm sure I'm wrong because I'm wrong all the time. But if, <laughs> that would be where I would think he would make the most sense. Um, yeah, that would. Yeah, that would probably be the only place that I could think. Of. I mean, I would. You know, this Filoni movie that may or may not happen, I could kind of see it showing up in there, but he might be a little too old. Yeah. Um, right. Because, yeah, he's been around for, for quite a while. But if you think about it, like you were just talking about with the different characters um, that we were introduced to, I, I've said this before on my show, and I think it's a really, it's a, such a cool point to me, is that um, the clones themselves became... So first of all, that was one of the things that I was like, what are they going to do with the Clone Wars animated series? You got millions of the same guy over and over. But the way that they built it, so you understood the humanity of it. What's interesting is the um, the Rex, Cody, and Fives. Those three are my sons, Leia, Han, and Luke. Like So he's 11. Clone Wars is his Star Wars entree. And in fact, it's one of the reasons why I ended up 
digging so much into it, not just because I really started to enjoy it, but he loved it and he loved the the clone characters. And I got to really love, you know, Rex and, 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 and all those. And it was so cool to see get a Rex again, connected to rebels. Right. So, um, but that opportunity to introduce new characters who are now, honestly, let's face it as beloved. I mean, people who are, who've been around since the OT don't want to necessarily, uh, it's hard to admit, but you have a character like Ahsoka who to the people who grew up with the clone wars, she's, she's as important as Luke and, and Leia in some cases. And that's, that's yeah. blasphemy for some people, but it's true. She has been, we've seen her grow up. We've literally yeah. seen her grow up um, and, and, uh, and learn and become to me what the best representation of a Jedi might be. Yeah. Yeah, very. I mean, there's so many people out there that just love her to death. And, yeah. And, I mean, she's definitely uh, definitely one of the iconic characters. So uh, in the chat room, they're talking about uh, their ages mm-hmm. when when uh, Clone Wars came mm-hmm. out. Andrew says he was three. <laughs> that makes me feel really <laughs> oh old. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, Lunar Girl was 31. Okay, that's more more in our age group. That's good. And I was, let's see, let me do the math here. I was thirty six. So what was that? That was two thousand eight. So I was I was thirty eight. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yep. So wow. So it's it's funny too because you know a lot of people I saw online today were talking about the birthday of Rebels more than the birthday of Clone Wars, which is kind of surprising because Clone Wars I think has been most effective at making the prequels more impactful if that's if that mm-hmm. makes sense i mean i think yeah. because again i don't know how you felt about the prequels when you first saw them but i i readily admit that i'm a um i have revisionist history on the prequels because when i first saw phantom menace i did not like it i would well i wanted to like it i tried so hard yeah. i remember just like mm-hmm. trying to talk myself into it but i really I just couldn't get into it for some reason. I walked in with, you know, it's that whole problem with expectations, which is, you know, the sequel trilogy's problem as well. Um, And the prequels felt very different. It was different from where we were. But now, thanks to the Clone Wars, you go back and you watch, you know, you watch uh, Anakin losing his patience and his, his, um, his solidarity with the Jedi Council. And you understand why. You see everything that went into it because... You know, you went from Attack of the Clones to to um, Revenge of the Sith. And yeah, he'd grown up. It had been a number of years, but still, like, you didn't understand. They didn't have the opportunity to fully flesh out all the things that had happened that made somebody decide that this is not for them. And and yeah, um, and so it's and I also feel like that's that's one of the really cool things that um rebels did because it made that connection between the prequels and the original trilogy in a way that we hadn't seen before so yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, on, on that subject of the prequel colors that so the prequel uh phantom menace i actually saw that at the midnight showing when it mm. first was released uh and i wound up seeing that movie in the theater maybe five times mm-hmm I really like, I mean, there were certain things about it that I, you know, that I was not crazy about. 
but overall, I actually did like The Phantom Menace. So it's funny. I saw it in the theater probably around the same number of times as you did. I went with friends. I went with family. I tried right. to talk myself into it. But it's but what's weird about Phantom Menace now is um, I don't know if I, if I've mentioned this before, but I had I had written. That's one of the things that got me back into the whole fandom was I had written a fan fiction novelization of The Phantom Menace because I always felt that Darth Maul was one of the most wasted characters in movie history yes and i wanted i wanted to like build that story and i felt like there was something more there and i felt like Mm -hmm. there was something i could do with it i don't know why i felt i could do it um but what it did was it made me love phantom menace and now you know i used to ask on my podcast all the time you know what's what's your favorite star wars movie and not necessarily your favorite like from a story but if you're gonna sit down you have two and a half hours to kill which star wars movie you're gonna put in phantom menace is one i picked kind of on the regular and it's just because it's it's pure fun it's pure you know and i think that was the misperception right it was very political at the time everybody thought oh it's all about politics in the senate and yes it was but you had one of the best lightsaber duels in star wars history uh at the end of that movie you had the the podcast uh podcast the pod race (laughs) um you had the pod race which is still hard to be in anything we've seen in star wars since you know since 1999 when that came out um and you know you had you had qui-gon jinn and obi-wan kenobi so you had all everything was real there's a lot of really great stuff in that movie yeah agreed agreed um so what was i was gonna say we were talking about so i mean my favorite star wars movie uh uh, if we're going there um (laughs) is actually rogue one uh but there is um there is a prequel trilogy movie that is in my top three uh it, it is actually revenge of the sith yeah um yeah yeah, that is that is number three in between Rogue One and uh, Empire. And again, that is a movie that benefited from the Clone Wars because, as Certainly. much as I really liked that movie, that was probably my favorite of the three prequels. At the end of the day, if you know, yeah. if I'm really picking yeah. it apart, um, but what we got in Clone Wars season seven to make those connections was mind-blowing you put those two together and i think i don't know if you saw it there's like a super cut out there somebody actually edited um the clone war season seven and with um revenge of the sith and it's it's wild to see them together um and and so i think clone wars makes revenge of the sith which was the best of the three again in my opinion even better and that's that's the incredible thing about clone wars is Without the movies, Clone Wars is is seven great seasons of Star Wars. It is. You connect it to the prequels, the sequel, or the, the original trilogy, and now through some of the newer storytelling, there's going to be direct connections to the sequels, and the Clone Wars becomes just, you can't, you. it's almost hard to understand the full Star Wars story without having watched the Clone Wars. Yeah, for sure, yeah. So DJ just popped up in the chat. Hey, going, DJ. DJ? What's up, DJ? Um, yeah, there's there's definitely uh, something to be said for getting the whole story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's just you know, people out there that don't want to watch uh, these shows because they're cartoons. When you know you're not, you're just not getting the full story. Yeah. 
and you're, there's a lot of holes to be filled. Um, so you, you can't, you really can't just discredit these shows just because they're cartoons. I mean, there are, like I said earlier, there are some of the best writing, yep. uh, that, that we've had, you know, and it's really good stuff. So, um, I did want to ask, uh, do you have any specific, uh, favorite story arcs from, uh, the Clone Wars? Well, I would say, you know, th there's a recency bias. So I really enjoyed the, the very end. I'm a big fan of the character Ahsoka where she's grown. So I love that, but I feel like that's kind of the cop out. Cause I don't know anybody. I know people who didn't like the Martez sisters part, but then once it took off into the clone wars or the, uh, mm -hmm. revenge of the Sith time frame, then that really took off. So that's, I feel like that's an easy one to say. I just recently, just in fact, last night, I watched the um, the Mortis arc, mm. which is cool, and I like it. But I'm not sure. I, like a lot of people put that in their top, and I don't. I don't think it's. I can't say it's in my top. What I would say, though, um, for me, it's um, it's probably um, uh, the the um, uh, some of the Cad Bane episodes from early on. Was that season one and season two? Right when. Yeah. Just because I thought Cad Bane was just such a, a fun character. And it was like, you know, it's like we're no longer pretending that we're influenced by Westerns. It's like, nope, here's a character straight out of a Western, complete with a toothpick sticking out of his mouth and a cowboy <laughs> hat and a southern drawl. And he's talking. So and <clears throat> excuse me, Cad Bane became a, a really, a really cool character to me. So I really I enjoyed any of the episodes that he was a part of. And it was so cool to see him in the Bad Batch. And of course, in Book of Boba Fett, but yeah, yep. yeah, those were uh, that was a good one. Now, so Mortis, I would say probably in my top five. Yeah, um, mostly for like the story itself, just the idea of what you know the story they were telling there it was like. Okay, well, this is interesting. Where you have these three three and one type characters. Yeah, the mysticism, uh, the weirdness of it is all very, very cool for sure. Yeah, yep. yeah, yep. Um, I'd have to say, uh, if I had to pick a favorite, I don't know, man. I'd be there's two that would be vying for that top spot of favorite. One of them would be the Onderon arc. Okay, yeah, um, that's a good one. I'm, I'm a big fan of Saw Gerrera. Yep, and this is just the intro uh, to him right yeah, yeah really it's where he where he all started so it was uh it was a that was a really good and i just like the story of of them uh you know going and helping out this backwoods planet yep um and then the uh the other one who who probably is going to come out on top if i had to pick one of them and anyone who watches the show uh or or at least uh rebel rock radio um regularly is not gonna come this won't come <laughs> as a surprise and i'm gonna have to say the uh mandalorian arcs yeah 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 that's a, that's a really good one too right i mean all the mall episodes um you know you see that's just it like once you start you, you open up one door you're like oh yeah that's a good one too yeah the mandalorian uh arcs are really cool because it was a it was such a, a so chill. it was so it was so cool to see this i mean think about it this basically boba fett was originally created to be 
a super stormtrooper and they were going to make a bunch of them for empire but they were like nope it's too expensive it's too it's too big um and then um and so from that built this entire culture of mandalore which has now been fleshed out and it's mm-hmm. um Again, that's the great thing about the Clone Wars series is that was the best place to tell that story. I'm not so sure, and this may be a hot take, but I'm not so sure that the Mandalorian culture story has been told particularly well in the Mandalorian. It's cool to see. Mm. I thought the last couple episodes of season three of the Mandalorian were cool to watch, but I'm not sure that I got that. I mean, there's such a there's such a deep culture, and just to see, you know, Bo Katan and um and uh I can't think of her sister's name. Who uh, Obi Wan was screwing uh, around. Sabine. Yep. Um, so you had all that going on, which I mean, they entered. This is think about what Clone Wars did. It introduced some of the first real questioning of what the Jedi Order is all about. Right. We had Anakin do it, but that was just one outlier. But yeah. then you saw the fact that Obi Wan was questioning everything i mean what did he tell her had you said the word i would have left right i mean yeah wow that's a big deal to hear from our obi-wan our guy that we've loved for 40 years he thought about leaving the order for uh, for for love which is pretty wild um and then of course in clone war season seven where it was sort of inferred that yeah rex and obi-wan knew what was going on with uh with padme but nobody said anything yeah (laughs) so So, dj did bring up a, a good point and i think he was referring to your uh comment about the the mandalorian culture in the mandalorian yeah and uh, he said that's not him uh <laughs> scratch the surface and it was messy and, yeah so yeah hey they gave us a little bit more of the culture but almost like it was a tease yeah um but yeah so uh smirking bear studio has entered the chat so welcome to the chat hey there and uh yeah, but it's interesting because one of the questions I wanted to ask you, and it's directly related to this, so I'll jump in with a question for you, is sure, yeah. with the live action, which, so if you think about, I talk about this a lot, the sort of the bell curve of Star Wars fans, right? Yeah. There's people like you and I and the people in the chat and the people who we talk to on Twitter who are so deep into Star Wars. It's like it's like a religion to us. It's like, it's like our own personal histories, right? Right. But the Mandalorian in season two, when they introduced Bo-Katan... And Ahsoka, I was I always refer to my dad. He's 70 something years old. I always go to him and say, did that story make sense? Right. And when Ahsoka first showed up in season two and when Bo-Katan showed up, he was like, yeah, I get it. Bo-Katan was this Mandalorian that made him question his faith. And that's cool. Right. And you had Ahsoka who's, oh, she's just some cool Jedi. All right. That's great. Now you get into season three where you and I knew what was going on. We understood the history of the, the watch and. Uh, the different factions and the 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 war of the siege of Mandalore and all that stuff, but I'm not sure they effectively they made it so that everybody could jump into that story. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I would have to agree with you if you if you have not watched the Clone Wars, or yep. if you've not watched the Rebels, the bulk of that season is not going to make any sense to you. I think that's true. Yep. I think there's a lot of missing. Uh, I mean, they could have done a lot better with like catching you up mm-hmm. somehow. But, but yeah, people like me and you, fine. I know exactly what's going on. Right. Yep. New people are going to be like, what are they talking about? Yeah. Yep. Um, 
I mean, it's like when you first heard, uh, I remember in season one, when we first heard about the, um, oh man, what's the name of the, the, the purge of Mandalore. Yeah. The Night like, of a Thousand Tears. Yep. Yeah. Right, right, right. And I'm yep. like, what are they talking about? Yeah. So I got to imagine that's how people felt watching season three and right. not knowing what was going on. Yep. Um, yep. So, yeah, I mean, that's. That's a lot of missing missing pieces there. Um, Dragon Buddy just jumped in the chat. How's it going, Chris? Good to see you here again. Uh, so if you are just now showing up for this uh, this episode of, it's kind of a dual uh, Rebel Rock Radio slash Around the Galaxy <laughs> episode, uh, 15th anniversary special edition of uh, The Clone Wars. And uh, we've been talking about some of our favorite story arcs and we've been talking about um, how, you know, how the Clone Wars uh, fills in a lot of missing pieces to the story. Um, but uh, let's see, where were we at? We were talking about various story arcs. Like, so yeah, the Mandalorian yeah. stuff, like, like we had mentioned with, uh, with Satine Kreez and the Death Watch. And, you know, we get a, a couple of different uh, story arcs about that. And then in season uh, seven, we get the whole, uh, you know, Darth Maul and taking over of Mandalore. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of Mandalorian culture that we get out of the Clone Wars. Um, but we also get a lot of uh, explanation of of kind of the jedi culture at this time too yep yep um you do see a lot of the um a lot of questionable things as to is this really are the jedi really supposed to be doing this <laughs> it's just um so what do you what do you think about the uh, the Jedi culture as it's explained in the Clone Wars? I think it was it was interesting again because again it backs up what you start to see and and is sort of fulfilled in Revenge of the Jedi and then frankly all the way to the Last Jedi where they talk about how I think the Jedi lost their way and I think you do start to see you see that a little bit you see you see them sort of struggling with what their role is and. Um, you see somebody like Mace Windu who is all too ready to be a general and jump in and, and lead lead fights. And even Anakin, for that matter. I think Anakin was, um, you know, sort of born to be a general in that regard. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, I think you, you really did start to understand. And, and, I mean, if you think about it, it's like if we took, you know, a, a bunch of, of peaceful monks and we went to war and we said, okay, we need you to to not only guide us but get on the front lines. And that's... That's um, that's that's a that's a challenging thing, and and I, again, I, I I have not talked much about the new series on Disney Plus because I'm 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 trying to be mindful of supporting the writers and the actors, <laughs> but when you think about what Ahsoka's entire life story is, right, and and it was and the the reason I, I I'm comfortable with it was because I think we we saw it mostly in and I didn't you didn't think about it this way I think at the time or I didn't. And that is, this is a, you know, 14 year old girl through whatever age, what is it, three or four years the Clone Wars takes place or whatever the number is, I'm not sure. And you see her literally grow up as, you know, she became a Jedi, but she be, she was also, she was a, a commander in the army. And and what, 
she was supposed to be, you know, um, uh, a, a monk uh, essentially. Right. I mean, that's what the Jedi were supposed to be. They were supposed to be peaceful, spiritual people. And they were forced to, to go into a different side, which easily leads to the downfall easily leads to, to them sort of making the wrong decisions. I think if you put anybody in a position of power, and I think that's kind of the constant struggle for the Jedi. It's the constant struggle of dark side versus light side. But you put somebody in a position of power, which direction are they going to go? And or are they going to lose sight of what they should be doing as mm-hmm. a result? Because you start to, I mean, you talk to anybody who, nobody, what's the what's the old phrase that um, the villain never thinks they're the bad guy, right? Right and, right. and the Jedi never stopped to think that maybe they shouldn't be you know, leading the war effort and um, they were thrown into it. And of course we all know it was all part of Palpatine's master plan to eliminate right. them, put them in a position where they were seen the way they were and, um, and it worked. So, um, but it was great to kind of, uh, again, you see, we had three movies to, to watch it, the prequel series, um, but then prequel trilogy, and then you get this series to color that for us, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head throughout the Clone Wars. You 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 really start to get the uh, impression that the Jedi just kind of lost their way. Uh, they were not doing what they should have been doing. Right. Uh, so a couple of uh, uh, good comments here is uh, Dragon Buddy uh, popped in and, and said that in his mind, Clone Wars was a cartoon until all of a sudden it was. <laughs> That's uh, true. That's, that's a good way to look at it. And then kind of jumping on top of that, Smirking Bear said the Darth Maul Harks definitely turned it from a kid's cartoon to a more adult. <laughs> I, I yeah. completely agree. Yeah. I mean, didn't he cut off Gar Saxon's head? Is that what it was? Like, uh, was it Gar Saxon? I, I think it was Gar Saxon. I mean, you and it. I think it was more graphic than Jango Fett losing his head in uh, <laughs> an Attack of the Clones. And yeah, I mean, it was... It was dark. I always say that Darth Maul became sort of the Joker of the Star Wars universe. He was there for chaos, and that was really yeah. proven in in season seven. But um, yeah, that's a great comment. It was a kid's cartoon until it wasn't, and yeah, and and that's why when I was watching, like I said last night, I was watching the the Mortis arc again, and I was I was thinking, like, would my eleven year old kid like be into that or not? I mean, sure, yeah, there's that cool flying monster and. <laughs> whatever there's some really cool battles and you get sort of possessed ahsoka and that sort of thing but it's not like it's deep stuff there's a lot of story happening underneath it all so you just you just mentioned uh, a monster and yeah. that that reminded me of of another story arc that was was kind of interesting I, I don't i don't think i'd put it in my favorites but the zillow beast yeah. was really good yep um so DJ had a question he was at, he had for both of us, um, and I, I needed to get some some clarification. His original <laughs> question was, uh, was there a character that surprised you in the Clone Wars? And the clarification was a character that you really enjoyed or took a turn you were pleasantly surprised with, um, or a character you thought you would not like but did enjoy. Um Going back to he came in a little bit later, so I, I have to go back. I really have to go back to Hondo Anaka. Like <laughs> at first, you're like, "Oh, this guy's annoying," 
And then as as time goes by, you're like, kind of like this guy. He's, yeah. he's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. And you know what I would say, and I again I, I hate to to go with the obvious, and I think I'll go with the obvious and then I'll go with the more nuanced answer. Ahsoka, I I hated everything about her when i learned about her i was like it's an annoying teenage girl it felt so out of place for star wars to me and again i hate to be that guy but uh, and i know that i'm not alone and anybody who says i loved her from the first moment is probably 20 years old or younger right i think that's uh, <laughs> because they probably got into it at that age but <clears throat> i mean admittedly it just didn't feel like it fit but now like i said she has grown into to me one of the best representations of star wars storytelling the character that I changed my mind on um, was actually Darth Maul. And there, it, that's a weird thing to say, because as I said, I felt like he was wasted in the first um, in, the, in the Phantom Menace. But when again, I wasn't watching Clone Wars until it hit Netflix. I didn't watch any of it. Yeah. I was in a, in a right. dark time for my Star I was like, Star Wars is is kind of it's gone. It's done. It was great. I'm gone and I'm moving on. Um and then I remember reading like an entertainment weekly or something, some probably on like ain't it cool news or something like that, yeah, time, yeah, yeah. that Darth Maul was coming back. And I was like, Oh, for God's sake, that's horrible. Why, you know, they're, <laughs> what are they doing? Um, and then when I started watching it on Netflix and again, as I realized that, that he is chaos, he's pure chaos and he's driven by hatred what a cool concept that that's what he should have been from the outset, which is why, which is why I wrote my fan fiction novelization, because I felt like we need to know why he, like, why was he so obsessed with at least at last we'll have, at last we'll reveal ourselves as the Jedi. At last we'll have our revenge. You never understood like what was motivating him. And clearly he's just, and now that once he was defeated by Obi-Wan Kenobi, his mind is so dark and twisted. Everything he did from that moment forward was to find Obi-Wan Kenobi and have a chance to kill him. That was everything that drove him. And that to me, like, maybe I'm simple, but a character that's got a very simple motivation, uh, especially a villain, right? You don't need a villain to have a convoluted plan. Like the fact that the Emperor's plan worked is yeah. remarkable. He could have yeah. just, he, he did not take the straightest path forward. Maul's path was clearly defined in his mind and in the viewer's mind from the moment he returned and that was fantastic. And, and that was, and again, I, th I also feel like Sam Whitwer coming in and doing his voice mm -hmm. changed that character a lot as yeah. well, because the personality came through and um, just, I, I, so I think as a villain, he, he, he changed dramatically for me and I was so glad that he did. And um, so if I had to pick a character, I would say it would probably be, be him even though he's not just a clone wars character for sure um yeah that's a good that's a good example uh so blake from dork wars just popped in the chat so how's hey, it going blake? blake um a character that i really think uh oh what's a better way of saying got the shaft in the movies <laughs> uh it was it just a character that just was not his story just wasn't told very well in the movies, uh, which was really a shame, but really got developed in the Clone Wars uh, was Count Dooku. Yeah, yeah, that's another great, another great one. Yep, for sure. 
Um, yeah. I mean, you got a, an iconic actor like Christopher Lee mm -hmm. that comes into this role and he's just like, this guy is kind of lame. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then you get, get him in Clone Wars and, uh, you know, you really get to know more about this character and and then you get to know even more about him uh when uh what was it tells of the jedi comes out yeah yeah uh but there's a lot you get a lot more count dooku in the clone wars and it's just yeah i mean it's interesting because in a way it feels like george lucas wasn't sure how he wanted to present his villains in the prequels right because you had three different main villains one for each movie, and I think that was part of the problem. Obviously, you have a great underpinning in in Palpatine, who's driving everything. Um, but I don't think you got enough time to really hate the villain. Even with Dooku, he was like, he was almost likable, and that's that actually could have yeah. worked to their advantage. And again, I, I keep saying it, and so this must be the the key here is that now again, thanks to Clone Wars, when you watch Revenge of the Sith. And you you catch up again with Dooku, you're like, yeah, that guy. You know, you understand. And the look on his face before Anakin kills him is completely different now because of what we learned about him in the Clone Wars. Because we got his backstory, because we understood what he believed was going to be his ultimate ending. And it was he didn't expect it to be at the hands of Anakin Skywalker, at, you know, at the foot of the Emperor. So, yeah. Yeah. Um. So, you know, we got a couple of characters, uh, you know, you got some characters that were um, part of Clone Wars that you may not have heard of before, uh, other than who we've talked about. There was, I guess you could call it a cameo. Mm -hmm. um, and, oh man, and the, where he, where he showed up in the Clone Wars is escaping me. Uh, but it was only in one episode, and and I'm referring to uh, for this example for uh, Darth Bane, um, oh, yeah. who we got, you know, uh, mostly from the novels. You don't really get any more about Darth Bane from there. But um, uh, <laughs> funny, uh, interestingly enough, it was Mark Hamill that did the voice of Darth Bane. Oh, okay. uh, in the That's Clone cool. Wars, and. Um, Man, now I'm trying to. I've, I've got to look it up now because I can't remember what uh, it was in. Uh, okay, he was in uh, season six, episode "Sacrifice," okay. where he appears as an apparition to Yoda on the Sith home planet Moraband. Right. Um, and that brings up another, uh, you know, interesting discussion topic hmm. uh, about the Clone Wars. Is we got a lot. I mean a lot more planets mm -hmm. uh, than we'd ever seen before. Uh, Podcast of the Wheels just popped in the chat. How's it going? Hey, what's going on, Nick? How are you? Hey, Nick. It's my my podcast partner. There he is. Yeah. Hanging out. Um. So, yeah, I mean, you get, I oh, mean, just off the top of my head, obviously you get Mandalore. Right. Uh, you got um, Felucia. Yep. Um, you got, gosh, there's so many. I, I, can you think of any? Off the top I, of your I mean, head? There, yeah, there's, I, it's funny. The names of the planets tend to elude me, but it was, uh, it was 
and it was cool because the way they did it, they delivered them in, you know, there, here's another f- battle front. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how many planets there were in Clone Dathomir. Wars. Dathomir is oh, another Dathomir. one. Oh my gosh. Yes. Right. Introducing an entire side of Star Wars that nobody ever thought of. And again, mm-hmm. and again, that's the cool thing about uh, one more cool thing about Clone Wars. There's dozens of cool things, but yeah. you, you know, we talk a lot about how Star Wars borrows from different types of storytelling and um, Westerns and samurai movies and political movies and science fiction, traditional science fiction. But there wasn't much horror until you got to Dathomir and Holy cow. I mean, some of that stuff is some of the scariest stuff you're going to see in star Wars. And, and it's very interesting to see, um, you know, you to see it. And that came comes to life in video games. When you go and you play, you know, Jedi fallen order, there's, you're on Dathomir. You're chasing down witches. It's pretty yeah. cool. So, <laughs> yep. So completely off the subject here, actually, have you been playing any of, uh, actually, I think you have been playing Survivor. I, I played and finished Jedi Survivor. I loved it. I loved everything about it. I think yeah. I, my only, my only complaint is a good complaint. It was, I felt like the gameplay was very similar to Fallen Order and there's nothing wrong with Fallen Order. So I really don't have a complaint about it, yeah. but the story was great. Um, uh, did you, did you play it? Did you finish it? Um, I, I haven't finished it. Okay, um, I will, I will I not ac- say anything. I you. actually just finally got around to buying it like just a f- couple of weeks ago. Oh, cool. Uh, and I've, I have not very far into it. I, um where am i at see i left uh i think i'm back on jetta okay yeah i think i think i just left kobor uh-huh koba or what uh and i was i was researching the lab Mm -hmm. uh and then i went back to jetta and uh master the jedi master oh yeah uh the seer jinda and then yeah, the other guy, what's his name? Um, yeah, I can't think of his name. Uh, I, him. I, yeah. I gave him my, my research, and that's that's where I have left okay. off. Uh, so I don't know how far into it that is. Probably not very far. Such um, a fun game, though. Such it, a fun is, game. it is really a fun game. Um, and, you know, it just gave me, uh, when we started talking about Cordova. Thank you, Blake. Cordova. Thank you. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Thank you. Um when we got to talking about Dathomir, for some reason, actually got me thinking of another uh, story arc uh, in in the Clone Wars, and and uh, completely different from from Dathomir. But I really liked the story arc where uh, Obi Wan had to uh, pose as a bounty hunter. Yes, that that was one of the earlier Maul ones, right? Was it? Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, that was that was a really good one. Yep. Uh, so yeah, so there's I mean there's just so much we could spend we could spend so much time talking about the Clone Wars and so many different um you know facets of it and I don't know maybe maybe we will at some time maybe we'll have a much longer uh regular episode and and get into the nuts and bolts uh, of it but but tonight we we really just wanted to do kind of uh observing the 15th anniversary of such an iconic show. And um, yeah, I think um, it's been a good time. Um, yeah. I, I think we're, we're coming to a, a good, good time to end this. Uh, but 
Pete, thanks for thanks for doing this with me. Steve, thanks for inviting me, man. I know we've talked about it for a while. We finally had a good enough occasion to finally just let's pull the trigger. Let's do it. <laughs> let's so do I'm it, glad yeah. we did. This was, and I agree. I mean, Clone Wars you could talk about for days and days and days, and that's the amazing thing about, it. and that's why you can go back to it, and you can, you know, some on occasion I will open up Disney Plus and I will just randomly pick an episode, like completely random, and I do the you same sucked thing. in, and there yep. you go, and there's yep. your yeah, so. But um, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. And, and uh, you know, thank you for when you stop in on and I see you watching some of our shows sometimes. So I appreciate that very much. And I know yeah. you're, you're part of our uh, program. So I really appreciate it. And it's, you know, it's good to meet. You know, I think one of the things that I've said a hundred times is how interesting it is to meet people who you start with that Star Wars thing. And as we said at the beginning, as long as everybody stays civil, I am so I love disagreeing with people. Yeah. And as long as you can have that great sort of uh, uh, discourse that's that's civil and you learn from it. Because again, I know there are people that absolutely love the Rise of Skywalker. I don't see it, but I want to hear why. I want to understand it, and that's so cool. When because there there are people who will say, "Well, I love this thing," and I'm like. Yeah, that is actually really cool. I hadn't thought mm. of it that way. And vice versa. Like, if people are willing to listen to me, why I love The Last Jedi, one thing I'll just say real quick on that we were talking before about a Star Wars movie you're going to throw in if you get two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. It's, I love The Last Jedi story, but I, it's not a movie I'm going to watch every day. It's a, it's a yeah. very, it's a rich movie. It's like, I, I'm not going to yeah. have a hot fudge Sunday for breakfast. <laughs> right, right. Some days. And there, and there, I mean, as much as it, I will admit it's actually my least favorite Star Wars film, but there are things about The Last Jedi that I did like. Yep. Uh, so maybe maybe you and I should have a show about that sometime. We can. That would be great. I would love to talk about it. Talk my. To yeah, talk. we should talk about our favorite prequel, our sequel. I think we both agree that uh, Force Awakens is is in there somewhere. It's yeah, good. Yeah. But let's talk about those other two. I would love that. Let's yep. let's set that up. Do that. So, yeah. So, again, thanks for doing this with me. And thanks, everybody in the chat, for coming and hanging out with us on this kind of uh, not really planned impromptu episode. And uh, thanks for for hanging out. And uh, make sure you actually, uh, Pete, if you want to tell everybody where they can see around the galaxy. Yeah. Sure. You can follow, you can follow me on Twitter at ATG cast. I'm usually in trouble or trying to stay out of trouble with some of my <laughs> comments, but the best way to follow us is go to the SS, uh, the SSW network.com that will have links to all of our stuff, or you can go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at the SSW network. We do a live Friday night show every Friday, me, Nick podcast, the Willis who's in the chat there and Chris Ryan's from bro axiom. And we just talk about the topic of the week with Star Wars, and um, and we sometimes take your calls. So just follow, but if you want all that info, just follow at ATG Cast, and uh, I'm usually just rambling on about something Star Wars. So yeah, and I'll I'll throw um, I'll throw a link to um, to your website in the show notes. Awesome. Um, and, uh, as always, if you've never been to rebel rock radio before, I'll, uh, have the link there as well. Um, but, uh, it's, you, you can find everything at, uh, bio.link forward slash rebel rock radio. And, uh, once again, thanks everybody for coming and talking with us and uh, Pete, we'll have to do this again sometime. Absolutely. Steve, thank you so much and enjoy the show tonight. All right. Thanks a lot. Take See care. Ya. Bye.